Hello and welcome to the Whole Body Podcast, where you can spend some time listening about wellness, movement, nutrition and mindset as we listen and learn from experts, local identities and people just like yourself, how to become stronger, happier and experience a fulfilling life. Stay tuned for our next episode coming up shortly. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Whole Body Podcast. Today I am really pleased to welcome Camille Rath from The Body Interpreter. So Camille comes to us all the way from Queensland. So welcome and tell us a bit about you and what do you do? Well, I'm very excited to be speaking with you, Linda. Thanks thanks very much for having me. I, uh, I'm Camille Walrath and my business is The Body Interpreter. So I'm a holistic physio and basically I help people get in touch with their, their own inner compass and, and listen to the messages that their body's sending them through maybe illness or pain and things like that. Cool. So your story began as a physiotherapist. When I knew you, you lived in Adelaide and we did the Czech holistic two, didn't we, together all the way over in, um, where, where did we go? Northern coast of New South Wales. Yeah, Lake Macquarie. Lake Macquarie. That's where we met. So at that point you were a physio. Mm-hmm. And then how did your journey carry you forward to the body interpreter? What wove your pathway through well yeah that um holistic lifestyle coaching course was fairly early on in my I I guess you could say discovery of the world of holistic health because I'd been very much uh, trained into that pathological way of thinking like oh there's the disease that comes and invades people and we need to fix it by you know creating all these implementations and then it was, it was great because I was really learning when we met about the idea that nutrition can actually affect our, say, shoulder joint or lower back and, and our mindset and the way we think and our social circles and our fulfillment in life, all of these things as, as play a part in our health and how we feel overall. And, um, and I guess you could say beside my career interests, I also had some health issues and that, that actually drove me a lot to, because I had a lot of issues with mental health. I had, uh, well, I was diagnosed with clinical depression and really struggled with that for a long time and had on the side of that a lot of issues with my energy and and different things like that. So I was doing this study partly, well, on the surface, I thought it was for my clients, but actually it, I, I also was going through an internal transformation. And um, and so I was just absolutely insatiable. And, and I'm, I'm sure you've found the same when you find that end of the, like, you know, the cord of, oh, wow, what's here? What's next? And you just keep pulling and pulling. And it's just brought me into this incredible world of holistic health and, and what's really going on above and below the physical level that most people are, are very focused on. So did you did that lead you to do some more studies? So you've got your Bachelor of Physio, is that what it's called? Yes. That's, yeah. that's what, what else did you end up studying per se to get to where you are today? Oh, well, honestly, I've never stopped learning. And a lot of it has been just going down rabbit holes on YouTube with TED Talks or doing a little online Chinese medicine course or uh, seeing an Ayurvedic practitioner and asking lots of questions and having book recommendations from him. 
I've also done a, studies in psychosomatic therapy and wow. emotional anatomy. So how our, our soma, our, our body, actually reflects our personality. Wow. Uh, what else? I've, I've studied epigenetics and how oh, gorgeous. people yeah. with different genes uh, tend to thrive in different environments, but then also people who look a certain way might have certain personality traits and therefore uh, they it, they would do better on this diet and this in this kind of work and social circles. So I, I, I guess I sort of went really hard in the way of defining and prescribing, but it was it was all just gathering information. The more resources I drew from, because I started getting into Joe Dispenza as well and Carolyn Mays, even Abraham Hicks, and like oh. so, so people from the very spiritual end of the spectrum, but then also the very scientific end of the spectrum, and it sort of came around to join together in the end. And uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's little bits and pieces of everything, and um, yeah. So now it's less about finding what's wrong and it's more about helping people find their own internal internal compass i noticed the other day on instagram you were off wandering through the beautiful rainforest or a local walk was it a rainforest or it was I, kind of the bush yeah but it probably looks like a rainforest compared to a lot of places in australia certainly <laughs> where i grew up in south australia it was pretty uh, green here <laughs> so do you draw a lot from nature do you think nature has an impact on our spirituality and how we view the world is that fair to say definitely i i really i feel it i suppose and i i can't necessarily say everybody should get a dose of nature but we do hear that a lot like it's sort of even doctors are prescribing that we get our bare feet on the grass and that we watch the clouds roll by or go for a swim and spend time at the beach we i think we sort of inherently know that but and certainly in my personal experience I can get very swept up in the in the left brain side of the world yeah. and just be sort of ch checking off these to-do lists and being inside with my artificial lights. But it just feels so recharging for me to eat, like go to a local waterhole, go for a swim. I go to the beach every morning to meditate and to just get in the forest. And that's what we did on the weekend. We just went and climbed a mountain. That was on Monday. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just, it just recharges me and I can just feel feel myself coming back into balance. It's interesting. Meditation is a skill I haven't really learned very well because I just find it really difficult to sit still. So do you ask your, do you try and impart that knowledge on your patients to meditate? And if you do, what kind of tips have you got? I would say that I, I wouldn't necessarily tell somebody they needed to meditate, but if, if somebody were interested in getting a certain result in their life, particularly when it comes to being able to manage our mind and our thoughts and become more aware of ourselves, which to be honest is, is a lot of the work we do. But um, I know that I tried, I did all the holistic health study. I knew how good meditation was. Everything I read, oh, depression, meditate, uh, low energy, meditate, relationship issues, meditate, like you name it. And I really wanted to do it, but I, I never really could maintain my my practice when I I didn't sort of understand why I was doing it and I didn't even understand what I was doing I, I think Joe Dispenza helped me a lot with that he with his books breaking the habit of being yourself becoming supernatural and and uh, his courses as well that I've done over the years it, it really has showed me how the more we can train our mind 
to to be able to focus on anything, whether it's a, a an end result we want or our body's response in a moment to some kind of stimulus, we can we can create a lot better outcomes in our life. But it has to be important to you enough enough to want to train your mind. Mm-hmm. So and and you know, so like some people never are in enough pain to actually. I literally got a message from somebody this morning who I haven't spoken to since the check course, actually. Oh, wow. Back in those days, yeah, yeah. I just realized it was it was that connection. Um, saying, hey, look, I'm ready. Like my life has gotten so tough that now I don't have any choice, but I've got to meditate. Where do I start? So, yeah. And what advice did you give that person? Did you tell them to read a book or have you spoken to them yet or you're just waiting to give them heads up? Oh, you know what? I I, I finished my meditation at the beach, opened my eyes and I had a message from her and she was specifically asking about where to start with Dr. Joe. So yeah, I just I just told her how how I went about it, and it sort of depends on what you're wanting from it, whether it's a physical goal like health, or whether it's to do with financial abundance or or other outcomes in life. Some people just meditate because they want a mystical experience and they want to feel God and you, you know like see wonderful things. So so that's their goal. So that you know you'd, you'd take a certain path with meditation if that was your goal. Now it sounds fabulous what you're up to all the way there on the Queensland coast. So one question mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you today is what is your why? What brought you to this place in your business, the body and temperature? What's your why? How did you get there? I, I'd say in a, in a nutshell, I don't know if this sounds boring, but it's like I I want people to feel good. I feel like so many people are struggling and suffering and feeling isolated and like totally in pain, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever. And it's so unnecessary. And I think because I've I've been through that experience of of feeling very isolated and totally being like, look, I'll do anything. Like, just please, is there someone who can help me? And just not really feeling like I was getting the answers. I, I don't want people to feel like that. And I think that you know, like the more we can get this message out there, the the more fulfilled people can feel, the better people will feel when they when they wake up in the morning because they have a purpose and because they ha- have happiness, things to look forward to in their life. And that's unfortunately, it's so common that people are missing out on that and it doesn't need to be the way. And the thing that I've been listening to and hearing a bit about lately is that no one can do that for you, right? You have to make that choice and find the help or the book or the podcast but you have to embody that need to be or that want to be different it's not just going to fall in your lap and you'll wake up one day and be better and it might not be it's not going to be a 10-minute fix it's going to be a journey of of discovery and finding out who you are that's that's the way I view it is that what you would agree with or have you got a different perspective yes I I totally agree and unfortunately like a lot of what held me back from getting better from all of my issues was thinking that I needed some external thing to complete me or to some life event to come and save me, whether it be some wonderful partner that was going to come and sweep me up and solve all my problems or, uh, you know, some I might win the lottery and then everything yeah, would be okay. Lottery. So I was good. just wishing, wishing, wishing. But it, like you say, it's it, we need to change within ourselves. And I find that particularly when I work with people who are having physical transformations, it like it's like the, the class, classic massage. Someone might have a sore shoulder, I'll massage it, and a week later it's back because they haven't changed anything about their lifestyle. They haven't changed the way they hold their breath when they're 
stressed talk having conversations with their partner they're not you know like they're not cutting the five copies they're having every day out which is creating inflammation in their system so you're right it's it's a personal change that needs to happen internally for a lasting result oh so what um difference has your work made to your life I the thing I love about it is that like I don't even know whether my work has made a difference to my life or I've changed and then ended up in this place of work if that makes sense yeah that's gorgeous yeah it's it's just like a, a a reflection of the the transformation that I'm having through my own want to grow and also want to help others so it's it's really cool but it's I think as this, and a lot of people probably find this on the the personal development journey. Initially, I was blaming the world and feeling like, you know, there are all these toxins that were making me sick and electromagnetic pollution and all of these things. The royal world was a dangerous place and toxic people. And then I, and then as I learned a little bit more, I thought, oh, it's all my fault. I'm so bad. I need to, I need to stop being angry all the time. What, you know, like I need to fix myself. So I, I was sort of directing the the wrongness internally. And then I've sort of grown beyond that to realize that, you know, like I can take responsibility for my life and things are going to happen, but I can just continue to choose how I respond. And there's no use in beating other people up or beating myself up because it's still negativity and it's still perpetuating the initial problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I've taken more responsibility but in that, I've gained more control over my life circumstances. And to think that comes with the wisdom of a few years on your life. Like someone has said to me, oh, you know, by the time you're 60, you're wise. Well, I don't, I'm 60. So I don't know that I'm absolutely wise yet, but I actually do see the world a bit differently to what I did when I was 20. You know, like I've had a big journey in my life. So I guess, um, although perhaps some people are wise when they're 20, <laughs> I don't know, but what's your experience? What do you think for you? Yeah, I I think it's a personal thing. Yeah, I I don't, I wouldn't buy into that idea of all old people are wise because Mm -hmm. I've certainly met old people in some ways who who maybe don't have a broad perspective of the world. But I do, on the other hand, believe that everybody has something to offer and everybody knows more than me about something. So, yeah. so but, we, but we can't really put this blanket definition of age equals wisdom mm-hmm. because you know like it wisdom comes with experience right and and somebody might have lived in the same place and only spoken to the same group of people their entire life and never read a book and they they maybe have had a, a certain set of experience and they, they might know really well like deep that little sphere yeah. but then somebody else might have fought in a war and yeah, you know, yeah. like got five different degrees and cared for their parents and like had all of these amazing experiences by the time they're 40 and uh it's the whole whole tapestry of life isn't it how you weave your web how you weave your cloth is where you'll be at the end of the day um so I wanted to talk to you about actually when you give someone a treatment what does that look like so how does that work so tell me about how that works yeah, sure. So usually people will come to me with some kind of physical issue initially. So it might be that they've 
had some low back surgery and well actually maybe it didn't start with surgery maybe they had many years of pain they went had the x-rays and the mris and the cortisone injection and they they had surgery and then they've had more pain and then they've tried changing their diet and going to a psychic spiritual healer and they've, they've done all of these different things and they're feeling like look it, it doesn't feel like anything's working i've tried everything and then people tend to find me when they're in that place like sort of ready ready for a, a different form of transformation i suppose and i i feel like i i'm seeing more practitioners that are coming from this space but i, I like how i have been in that physical world and i'm also trained in various energetic healing modalities so i have somewhat of a concept i don't know i don't know what i can't see but i i compared to my physio training i've got this like huge breadth to offer and um so yeah so it often will end up being people come to me with that kind of issue and so it'll be presenting as maybe a, a back pain but so we'll start with all of that from the the physical level because we have let's say if you put issues into levels so we have the physical level but if you zoom out from that space say like yep. you know in this more dense we, we've got our environment we've got like the the air that we're breathing the household that we live in the work environment that we have the kind of food we eat the kind of exercise we do the kind of you know those those external environment things and then we've got our physical body and then more microscopic than that is our biology so maybe there's some inflammation going on maybe there's a like food sensitivities that are creating certain responses in our body and then when you go even finer than that level you're getting past the matter and more into things like thought patterns and beliefs conditioning past traumas uh even like connection to purpose and, and things like that so we we tend to start at the physical level and we'll visit the the external environmental level and then inevitably things will start to come up from this metaphysical level of things that happened in childhood or uh yeah even even beliefs or insecurities that people have in their their present life that um that can be worked through in order to change their energy which then changes the way their physical body is presenting so <laughs> How do you how do you feel that? Like if there's an emotional or a I don't know, a thought pattern that's that's uh, a bit askew or isn't conducive to health, how do you feel that as a practitioner? It's it's funny because I, I started getting into this whole world of the mind-body connection when I was still working in a physio private practice and I was that excited about it that I wanted everyone to tell me all about their feelings and their problems because I, I could just see how much of an impact it could have if somebody were able to let go of something that had been creating pain mentally, then it, if they can also have an instant physical transformation. But that's that's not what everyone needs. So initially I became frustrated because I wanted people to do it the way that I I could see, like the way I would do it, let's say. Yes. But, yeah, um, yeah. but but now I've been able to refine that to actually I like I've I can see people's potential because I'm trained in body reading and I'm 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 all these other modalities that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But you know, no matter how much I learn about the mind and body, I'll never know as much as the person in front of me about their their own condition and oh. what's best for them. So, so I've actually changed my 
direction now too, rather than being some expert who prescribes, I'm a friend who people come to, who they can just totally be themselves and let it all out and whatever they need to. And also have me reflect back to them, the, the little gems that come up because always in the language that people use yes. and the way that they move are going to be the clues to their own healing. Wow. Phenomenal. That's crazy, isn't it? It's magical. It's so good. really, really cool. Yeah. So what, what's the success story you've had of a particular client? Does it come to mind anyone that's stood out as a real revolutionary change or is it always just progressive, slowly, slowly? Yeah, everyone's different, you know, like I, but there's this one story I really love because I just, I just love, I always end up just loving everybody who comes in because you know when you get to know anyone's story and and you can just see it in an instant where the way people are all their all their fears and insecurities but also their like beauty and their strength and yep. this woman I really love her and we still stay in touch she was coming in for a neck issue that had been really bothering her and, and she'd been through that she was on a whole list of medications for this neck pain had you know discs that were going everywhere and she was on the list for surgery and it was two months away and she and the doctor had said, all right, if if I can get, if I can reduce this pain at all over the next two months, then I won't go ahead with the surgery. But if, you know, if I do everything I can from a physical perspective and still no pain relief, I'll get the surgery. So she came to me and she didn't really want to have the surgery. It's pretty invasive, obviously, to have any kind of surgery really, but yeah, spinal surgery. And um, so we we were doing a few physical exercises to start with and then as we started peeling the layers back we got talking about the throat chakra so you know you probably are aware we have various yep. energy centers in the body and uh and certain traditions and ways ways of thinking i guess medicine realms have spoken about how we have emotional centers as well connected to these various um areas of our body or chakras if you use that language and this area, we were talking about how it connects to a expression of our self-expression, creativity, judgment, choices. And would, she started telling me about how she felt like she didn't feel like she was worthy of speaking up. She would walk into a room and just feel like she was had no confidence and she, she didn't deserve to have her opinion heard and, and in various ways like that. Yeah, wow. And I, I said, so what are the what are the qualities you would like? How would you like to feel? And so she listed things like, I love to feel confident. I love to feel powerful. I'd, I'd love to feel respected by people. And so I said to her, who who is somebody who embodies that for you? And her answer was Queen Elizabeth II in her heyday, you know, like when she ah, was really ah, young. Oh, yeah, and, gorgeous. Yeah, just and um and I said, okay, how about you try? Just being Queen Elizabeth II in her heyday when you're walking around home on your own, just, you know, when you're sort of cutting the carrots up or whatever you're doing, just be QE2. And if you, if you even now, Linda, just take a moment to imagine that you are Queen Elizabeth II in her heyday and just like embody that almost like you're acting in a movie. Kind of stand taller. Yeah. Exactly, right? So so I, 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 I myself, my own body can feel my neck becoming weightless. So she created all of this weight on herself. She'd shrunk back into this sort of smaller version of herself oh, wow. with her lack of confidence and yeah. and, and oh, yeah. created this 
block of energy in her neck. But when she became Queen Elizabeth II, she offloaded it all on her own. So oh, she could have been doing stretches and fasting and all of these things. But if a, if the way that she felt about herself was going to yeah. stay the same, then she probably mm-hmm. would have got the surgery. So in the end, she was able to just through changing that awareness of herself and becoming who she admired, then uh, she could relieve her neck pain and and learn a lot about herself as well in the process. Pretty powerful, isn't it? I mean, that's just a posture. I mean, it's a uh, obviously an emotional body connection, but it's a postural change as well, yes. isn't it? Just standing upright. And, yeah, cool. That's great. So do you have a different demographic of people that come to see you to do, so yeah, do you have a different demographic? Is it always one age group or is it spread across the ages? Is it mostly men, mostly women? How does your client um, present, your typical client? I would say they they vary from maybe mid-20s to mid-60s in general, but, like, it even goes outside those and and it probably tends more towards women maybe because it's more okay for women to even consider woo-woo things that might be going on. And I certainly know growing up in country South Australia, it wasn't okay for men to have feelings and it wasn't okay for men to even go for a fluffy massage, you know. They should go get their neck cracked by a chiropractor and that was the manliest way to get treated. Yep. Yeah, which is fine. Look, I got nothing against Cairo. <laughs> Let's not bring up the physio v Cairo thing. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not go there because we're I, I different like that now. Battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of my good friends are Cairo's. They're all right. Yeah, they're all right. Um, I think it's a good mix. Cairo's and physios are a good mix. I feel oh, from yeah. being outside of the 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 business area that you're in. So, um, what was the other question I had to ask you? Um, if you had someone that was sitting on the couch at home that had been sitting on their couch for a year, not able to get off because they had their lower back problems, what would be the questions you would ask them? Or how would okay. you instill them some confidence that you could help them? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because for starters, I I never will try to convince anybody of anything if if somebody thinks that something isn't going to work it's it's not going to work yeah yeah but if, if someone's really wanting to start on the healing journey then i i recommend that everybody ask themselves three questions before they even get started on protocols or exercise programs question number one is do i want to heal and that kind of sounds like a silly question because it's like well of course i'm in so much pain it's affecting me in so many ways But often underneath the surface, there are hidden benefits to illness. And this might be more attention from our partner or it might be exactly or it might be that we don't have to do certain tasks at work that we don't like doing anyway. So Mm. we really need to get honest with ourselves and, and find the hidden benefits in our illness, because otherwise there's going to be a part of us who wants to stay sick. Mm. So that's the first question. The second question is, do I believe I can heal? And unfortunately, some people just don't have the belief that it's even possible because they've read so many articles or because maybe they've been told by a medical professional who they really trust, there's no treatment for this. You know, your diagnosis is your life sentence. You're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. And they put all of their faith in that. And unfortunately, I've seen that a little bit in the clinic where I've I've treated a client and then they've gone to the doctor to get an x-ray and they come back and they're in worse pain. And I can see how they've 
psychologically been infected affected by that diagnosis uh, yes. but yes. then by you know giving people hope again then the pain goes away again it's it, it's so interlinked so mm-hmm. do i believe i can heal is the second question and the third question that they need to ask themselves is do i believe i'm worthy of healing ah yes quite often people don't think enough of themselves they don't they don't think that they are actually worthy of living a good life, of having full health. Maybe they did something that you feel really guilty about. They betrayed a partner in some way or they stole a 24-pack of Pepsi from the supermarket underneath their trolley when they were 14. And they, you know, like they're, they're, it, it's incredible the things that we beat ourselves up about. Even me, I, I, I probably, what did I do today? I'm looking at the kitchen because I was mad at myself in the kitchen. (laughs) You know what it was? I didn't sleep well. So instead of walking to the beach for my meditation, I drove. And then my day sort of went and I started beating myself up about it. And I thought, oh, now my day is going to go bad. But because I I messed up my day. But, you know, it it was still 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) So, so, you know, like I, I, I realized that I was doing that. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have a good day now. I'm not worthy of having a good day because I didn't do my strict routine. So that's the other really important question, whether it's to do with guilt or shame or whether it's this belief in like it has to be hard work for me to heal. So I have to literally dedicate my every minute of every day to healing. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. So Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah, we don't we don't have to work hard to have a wonderful life. Yeah, good. Yeah, because I know. Yeah, it's definitely about your mindset and being feeling like you're worthy of being healed because I had a client that um was in one of my classes a good few years ago that always had a wrist bandage from my Pilates classes and the wrist bandage never came off because she had something wrong with the wrist but I began to see that she actually didn't want to take the wrist bandage off because it was I don't know why she liked it there but she had it <laughs> and that was her like a tattoo of a wrist a wrist um, bandage <laughs> on her wrist all the time it didn't stop her doing the workouts but she had just had that on there so I understand that you do some physio work as well, or is it is it kind of intertwined, the physio work and the body interpreter work? Is it intertwined or is it two separate things? Look, I, I would say I'm sort of, I'm, I'm still a qualified physio, but people wouldn't come to me for a massage or for oh. dry needling or, or passive treatments like that. Yep. Plenty, plenty of practitioners out there doing those things. With me, it's more to do with body awareness and self-awareness which are really the same thing so yeah, yeah. It, because our pain is a message right like our, yes. our body speaks to us through symptoms it even mm-hmm. it tells us when we need to pee it, it tells us if we're feeling nervous or you know maybe even if we can't trust someone and the more we can get in tune with that the more we can actually listen to it it could be a, a sensation in the body or it might just be a hip you know we might be able to go internal and and say all right hip what do you need oh I need to address that relationship issue that you know from my heartbreak in high school so yeah it's yeah all that way back yeah gosh all those little messages can come falling forwards Exactly. And, you know, the more we tune into that, the more we we become our own healer. We don't need to rely on, 
Well, look, I think it's great. If everyone got a massage every week, there'd probably be a lot more love and peace in the world. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, it, it, I don't think it's healthy to need to rely on certain external, you know, rely on coffee to be able to function at the beginning of the day or to rely on getting our back cracked once a week to be able to look to the right. I, I think that there are internal changes that we can undergo that actually prevent us from having to to lean on others completely because when because if as soon as we're leaning on something out there, like one thing, then that can get taken away and we'll fall apart. So I, mm-hmm. I want to help people be resilient and be their own healers and to be able to choose, oh, I'm going to go for a massage because that helps me feel good, not because like I need this person and when they go on holidays, I'm going to lose my mind. You lose your mind. It's yeah. interesting It's interesting that we touched on nutrition because I teach a group of little, um, that this particular client is 94 and she comes to my chair pilates once a week she's so adorable but i spoke to her yesterday morning about um so we do a little meditation and we wait to see what comes out of the meditation and out of the meditation came um health health and wellness so i just asked them generally as a group when they were young women did they have in their uh social circles as much infertility as much um children with uh you know peanut allergies or banana allergies or nut allergies in their groups and they said no they didn't have that it wasn't a thing that they all spoke about or it wasn't there that they knew of and I said to them what do you think is the reason for that and this sweet little 94 year old said well it's just all the additives and the preservatives in the packaged food that everyone's eating now so when you're talking to someone about nutrition is there a particular I guess it's different for everybody. Like some people can have wheat, some people can't, some people can have the coffee, some people can't. So it's about uh, checking with your body or is it just try this if it affects you, don't have it anymore? How do you see that working? This is, I love this question. This is really good because, <laughs> because I, I went down my own little, I thought, oh my gosh, all right, I've, I've studied a bit about the body, but if I want to be able to help anyone, I also need to know everything about nutrition and I need to become a qualified psychologist as well. So I thought, all right, I've just signed myself up for another 30 years of study. Yeah, another 50 <laughs> grand, I, yes. <laughs> thank goodness I discovered that, you know, that the, the we are our own best healer. Because I don't need to ever advise somebody or like I'm not somebody who's going to send someone away for tests and say, all right, well, you're low on your potassium and blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, 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 yeah. I like, and look, I think it's great that people do go and see people for help with nutrition and, and all of these things. But like what I do from that perspective is help people, like you say, get in touch with their own body's responses. So that's things as simple as noticing when we're full. Uh, noticing if we've had enough to drink you know like the the signs of dehydration before it even happens and Mm -hmm. the the more that like I I sort of help people with with two areas of their life this is yeah (laughs) let's cheer to that (laughs) (laughs) I help people in two areas one area is where we usually start and that's self-knowledge so that's that's just being able to feel our body sensations, knowing our traits and tendencies and our preferences in life and and sort of using that to, to guide our decisions. And then the other side of the picture is self-love. Mm, so yeah. when, when somebody actually likes themselves, maybe even loves themselves, they're going to make totally different decisions yes. in their career, in their relationships, in the food that they put in their mouth and the people that they hang out with, you name it, the thoughts that they think, 
are going to be in line with how much love they have for themselves. And I, I even sometimes I can't even use the word love with people because it, it grosses them out or they feel freaked out. Oh. So I'm like, oh, do you like yourself? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's our starting point. So, yeah. and these things, like they, they seem separate initially, but in fact, the more we know about ourselves, the more we tend to like ourselves. It's not as scary as it sounds. And the more we like ourselves, the more we're interested in getting to know ourselves. Mm. So in the end, it becomes this sort of really whole feeling of like, I know what I like and I feel like I deserve to have what I like. So it, yeah, it contributes to total health and people don't make the choice to eat an entire pack of Tim Tams unless, you know, like, oh, this, I'm, I feel like doing this. It's going to make me so happy. It's not this, I've had a hard day. I deserve this and then hate themselves for it afterwards. Yeah, cool. Okay. Oh, mm. God, yes. Yeah. It's also intermeshed, isn't it? The emotional body food connection is such a huge, huge area uh, to, to discover and find out about personally for yourself. I find that as well. So um, just wanting to touch on if someone comes to see you are they in for like a three-month journey is there a set time is it meet me every week how do you schedule your visits and are they at home have you got a home set up or are you in a clinic somewhere yeah so I actually have a place in my home where I I do the one-on-one session but I I also most of the sessions I do are actually online on phone calls oh. because it's great because you know I don't have to be bending people's legs around and things oh, yeah, in order yeah, yeah. To, for them to find their inner compass right so mm-hmm. so a lot of the processes are to do with self-inquiry and reflection and even getting a whiteboard out and and writing down lists of emotions that are coming up or uh, areas of discomfort meditative self-awareness processes and um yeah I've actually I'm thinking about changing my structure, but initially it was started off as a three-month journey with with twelve calls. But uh, uh, I I might be opening that up to the option of having less off the bat, just just because uh, people can be a little bit intimidated by like whole oh, life transformation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. nice to just dip the toes in initially, and or, yeah. or some people, you know, like they might just need a, just a little boost. Or just a little reflection yeah, yeah, yeah. back at the right angle of their own wisdom, and then they're, then they're off. So they're off yeah, that's, that that's how be, it goes. That must be so beautiful to see. You know, if you've just been able to plant that little seed in someone's mind, and it's grown into a tree right before your eyes, it must be so phenomenal to see that. Gorgeous. It is the best and, feeling. Yeah. And how do people find you, Camille? Where's the best place to find you online? Or I email? definitely hang out the most on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook, uh, I'm Camille Walrath, the body interpreter, and Instagram to Camille.walrath. Yes, okay. So I'll make sure I put those on the on the notes. So what's so people can find you. So what's oh. the rest of the year looking like for you? What's um Camille up to moving forwards? We've got Easter break. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> yes um so this this weekend I'm not driving anywhere because everyone's on the sunny coast at the yeah. moment. but I yeah. actually have a lot of uh speaking engagements coming up because yeah. I'm getting a lot more into appearing at festivals and running workshops and seminars because that is my passion it's it's it yeah it's so much fun showing people how amazing they already are like the power that they have within them because yeah. because it doesn't take much as soon as we 
we sort of find the beginning of that thread within ourselves of yeah. like self-knowledge and and love love of self then it's, it's it's going to take us on this phenomenal journey of just growth and ever expanding fulfillment goodness so that's going to keep you very busy i imagine yes and all yeah. around all around the sunny coast or is that sunny where you're doing most of your work yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. also South Australia, popping back, probably oh, over there in September to to mm-hmm. do a, a, a what what would I call it like a Women's Health Week? Oh wow! Kind of workshops, yeah, in, including Fantastic. sort of movement of the body to to move emotions through and to to be increase our body intelligence, but then also sort of mindset stuff as well. That sounds so very cool, and I love I love your passion. And I love the beautiful smile and freshness that you have. So that must really put people at ease when they come or they see you. You must be able to put people so. at ease pretty quickly. I would say so, definitely. I so. Yeah, I'm sure some people find it irritating. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. <laughs> but look, that like it, it, it's interesting because I think that the, peop- the people who need to talk to me are going to be attracted to me and the, the people who don't need to talk to me, then they'll be like, no, nah, I'm not interested in that chick who looks so positive and look it's it's not all sunny life isn't all sunny we have yeah, yeah. we have the yin and the yang and, the, and it's always in balance but um but certainly I think that you know it we can we can choose where we're looking in any one yes. moment and yeah and that can make sure. a huge difference to how we show up and and how we feel a lot of the time so just while we were talking then I was reminded to ask you about do you have any do you work with children is there a special field for children or do you find do you work with children at all no, I don't actually. Yeah, I wondered how no. their perception would be of themselves. Like does it get dampened down, you know, people that grow up not loving themselves and not knowing who they are, which is probably 99% of the population, does it get dampened down quickly in your childhood or does it take, I guess everyone's different then, isn't it? You know, you can't 100%. put a, a measure on that, can you? Exactly. And I was just thinking that I don't, I don't work with people under the age of say 16 necessarily however I I help people a lot with their inner child which is kind of the same thing right because often often we create perspectives in our childhood that we carry through to adulthood and that's why we get triggered because it's it's bringing us back to this time in our life where we were powerless or where we we didn't didn't have value or whatever Mm -hmm. definitely Mm. definitely all right, well, I'll let you go to your Easter break because it's Easter <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for sharing all of that information. It's fantastic. And I know that it will give our viewers or our listeners um, some insight and perhaps a little seed will get planted and some of them might hit you up for some <laughs> some sharing. I'm going to call it from some sharing between you both, all, the, all of you. All right, thank, thank you, Camille. And uh, I will speak to you Linda. again. Thank you. Beautiful. Cheers. Stay there. Have I stopped recording there? I did this. And that's a wrap. Another episode for you to listen to. Please comment below if you've heard something new or have had some insight from today's show. I'd really love to hear from you. You can subscribe on Apple or Spotify to listen to our fortnightly episodes. And remember to live your best life. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.